0: CHAPTER Twenty Seven OF SOME EVERYDAY FOLK AND DAWN BY MILES FRANKLIN. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. ONE MIGHT THINK BETTER OF MARRIAGE IF ONE'S MARRIED FRIENDS WOULD NOT CONFIDE IN ONE SO MUCH. REFLECTIONS OF A BACHELOR GIRL Mrs. Martha Clay proved a little obstreperous in regard to Ernest Breslaw filling the position of grandson-in-law. "'You always get what you don't want,' said she and that's why one of the same classes treated me daughter so shockin is to be pesterin me for my grandchild in the same way a girl of the decent class wants to look a long time before she leaps with one of them swells they just take to a girl out of their own clique out of the contrariness of human nature, and then by and by give em a dog's life i know there's bad in all classes but them upstarts have so much more license to be up to bad capers that's where it comes in and anyhow, I ain't breakin me neck to have dawn married; None of my people ever had any trouble to get married, and she can wait a bit and look around and see if this feller can stand the test of waitin Concluded the old dame with a light of conflict in her steel-blue eye. Fortunately, I was able to bring forward a seductive statement of the case. Walker, the man who had made the money for Breslaw and his stepbrother, had been a grand level-headed old labourer and though his sons had been educated in the great english schools they were not far removed from honest utilitarian folk and owing to this and in conjunction with dawn when her real name was divulged being a daughter of one of the old families to wit the mood heaps of menangle the old dame consented to be reconciled now that the oppression of carrie had been removed mrs bray came over and beamed upon us in her usual inspiriting way the electioneering gossip having died out she reopened the old budget concerning the misdoings of the Nanoon aristocracy and once more the name of mrs tinker figured so largely on the bill that i deeply regretted my inability to encounter this much-discussed individual however when dawn flung into the quiet pool the bomb of her approaching wedding with one of the best catches of new south wales all other topics faded into insignificance and every woman who had the slightest acquaintance with the bride-elect called on her to warn her against the horrors to be discovered after she had irrevocably taken the contemplated step in the dark as dawn was going to take it speedily they were very enthusiastic and unanimous in their evidence against the married state under present conditions and the thoughtful student of life on listening to the testimony of these women of the respectable useful class supposed to be comfortably and happily married will know that notwithstanding the great epoch of female enfranchisement the workers for the cause of women have yet no time for rest dawn was so visibly worried by the revelations made to her in the most natural way that grandma grew concerned and published her mind on the subject women ought to hold their tongues and let young girls come to things gradual to have it thrust upon them sudden is too much of an eye-opener for them the way women tell how their husbands treat them nowadays is surprisin we all know that with the best of men marriage ain't a path of roses but in my day women kept it to theirselves they suffered it in silence and thought it was the right thing but they're getting too much sense now and perhaps all this cryin out against it will be a means to an end for a grievance can't be remedied till it's aired and that's for certain said she mrs bray was in great form during those days and though her assertions frequently lacked logic and betrayed in her the very shortcomings which she railed against in men nevertheless i liked her for she blurted out that with which the little quiet woman rules by keeping it in the background well hidden under seeming humility look here dawn said she on one of these occasions when you get a home of your own take my advice and don't ever let no other woman in it you can't seeing what men are there's no trust in none of them and if you think you can you'll find yourself sold. and try as soon as ever you're married to get something into your own hands as a married woman is helpless to earn her livin and once you have any children you're right at the mercy of a man and if he ain't pleased with you in every way you're in a pretty fix because the law upholds men in every way if you don't feel inclined to be their abject slave. They can even take your children from you. And what do you think of that? It shows we ain't got the vote none too soon, I reckon. I'm not saying that you'll get that kind of crawler. Some of them is good. A jolly sight better than some of the women. But the most, when you come to live with them, is as hard as nails. They don't know how to be nothing else. They never know what it is to be quite helpless and dependent, so what do they care? They just glory and triumph over women bein under them because they know there's nothing to bring them down, and you want to set your wits to get some hold on a man. He has plenty on you by law and everything else. Get some property or something in your name so that he can't make a dishcloth of you altogether bein rich, you'll have a somewhat easier time, but it's when you've got mountains of work when you ain't feelin' as strong as Sandow for it, and have one child at your skirts, and another in your arms, and your husband to think women ain't intended for nothing better, that this is God's design for em, like most men do, it's then that married life ain't the heaven some young girls think it's going to be. This ain't a description of no uncommon case but among them all around you, and supposed to be the fortunate ones, i think girls want warnin so they ain't goin into it with their eyes shut the picture painted by this lady was duplicated by sadder pictures of the small worn type and some weeks of this brought us to advanced spring and a bride-to-be so worried and unhappy that she had lost her appetite and the roses from her cheeks and grew visibly thinner ernest who managed to snatch a little time from worshipping his bride-elect wherein to superintend the furnishing of his house was exceedingly sensitive that his affianced should look so perceptibly miserable do you think she doesn't care for me and would like to be released i'd rather die than marry her if she doesn't want me he would say sometimes with haughtiness and more often with anger good gracious i don't know why she thinks i'm going to belong to the criminal class goodness knows if i were to judge her the same way there are plenty of wives would scare even a hottentot from matrimony and if I were to express to Dawn any fears of her being similar, I bet you'd hear of our engagement coming to a sudden death. You seem to understand her better than I do, so say a good word for me if you can. My opinion of him being so high, saying a word in his favour gave me delight, and I took the first opportunity of saying a good many. At the end of one day, after Dawn had been subjected to a particularly gruesome account of what she might expect, I found her face downwards on her bed weeping bitterly and elicited i'm going to tell ernest tomorrow that i won't marry him it's too terrible they all tell you the same i'd rather earn my living in some other way while i'm able i'd rather throw up the thing now when most of my trousseau is ready than go on if one quarter of what they say is true i'm not one of those fools who think life is going to turn out something special for me before these women were married i suppose they thought their husbands were going to be kings but seeing how they've panned out and why should I expect any better?" Time had arrived to take the subject in both hands, so I gripped it firmly. "'You must be thankful to gain one point at a time,' I said, beginning with the lightest end of my argument. A little while since you feared you were fated for the life of those around household drudgery, with an occasional sulky drive in the afternoon. Now that you have escaped that prospect you are haunted by worst possibilities. No doubt you hear some saddening and deplorable stories for some of the laws relating to marriage are degrading and the lot of the married woman in the working class where she is wife mother cook laundress needlewoman charwoman and often many other things combined is the most heartbreakingly cruel and tortured slavery but you are escaping the probability of such a purgatorial existence Take comfort in knowing that a great percentage of men are infinitely superior to the laws under which they live, because law is determined by public opinion, and though it restrains and modifies public behaviour, it will not mould private character. Law is shaped for the masses, but there is a small percentage of individuals in either sex who are superior to any workable law, and I think Ernest Breslaw is one of these. "'Do you?' she said, sitting up eagerly. "'Would you marry him without any fear if you were me?' "'I would, right at once. "'In spite of all its shortcomings, I have a profound belief "'that not woman, as the poet has it, but all humanity, "'holds something sacred, something undefiled, "'some quenchless gleam of the celestial light.' "'The rain that was temporarily washing the perfume from the flowers "'padded against the window-panes and accentuated the silence, "'till I added,' I will tell you my history some day, so that you may see that when I have belief in my fellows how little reason you have to fear. I have been an actress, you know." "'Yes, Ernest told me.' "'Well, I'll tell you about it one day.' I did not mention that I had expressly requested Ernest to keep my past a secret. However, I was not displeased that he had been unable to do so. If a man of his inexperience, and in the zenith of his first overwhelming passion, Had been able to keep such a secret in the teeth of his love's wheedling, he would have proved himself of the stuff to make an ambassadorial diplomat, but not of the calibre to be the affectionate domesticated husband, having no interests of which his wife might not be cognisant. The only character to whom I could, without misgiving, entrust the hot-headed Dawn. Chapter twenty seven.